but today I'm going to minister on the Son of God is manifested. I think he was manifesting himself here today in a supernatural way. So Jesus came forth, and I think there are some tools in this message this morning that might help you and encourage you in the trials and the tribulations that we have. The thing I want to remind you of is that Jesus came forth from the testings of the devil. He came forth triumphant. So we, we need to know this in our spirit that when the harassment of the enemy is over, God will reveal himself in a supernatural way to his people. If we didn't have problems and difficulties, we would never understand the power of, of his forgiveness and the power of who he is in our lives. And we had a wonderful Sunday school lesson this morning to just be reminded that how God loves us and how he robes us and how he forgives us and he never leaves us nor forsakes us. So as we think about this today, we talked about last week, ultimately, all the temptations that Jesus went through, that he went through so many more temptations than just what is given in Scripture for 40 days. He was tempted, and so it may seem like 40 days that you'll go through trials and tribulations. It might seem like, seem like 40 years, but it doesn't matter. There is victory, and God, you are triumphant in God. So today we're going to talk about uh, the manifestation of the Son of God. And I, I said to those that were praying for me, I said, I'm, I'm in uh, strange waters because I've never looked at this uh, scripture, the manifestation of the sons of God. I do understand what it means. It means that we're all, you know, born again. We're his sons, but we are groaning in our spirit for the manifestation of eternal life, the sons of God in eternity. And I think that Christianity has forgot to groan for the coming of the Lord. I think that Christianity at large has begun to, and I'm part of that too, we look for bigger churches, we look for better things, we, we wonder what can we do to uh, spread forth some excitement in the churches, and we, we look for all those things when what we need to do is focus on the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, because it's His church, and it's His desires for uh, to be revealed for us as we serve Him. So um, it's... It, it's been a powerful scripture to me this week as I've looked at this. So let's turn to 2 Timothy 1.9. And uh, it's important. Maybe jot down the references if you don't go there. But this is, this is uh, an explanation of the manifestation of the Son of God. What does that mean to you? How is he manifested in your life? And is he manifested in your life? And do you recognize that he is manifested in us, And so we look at the scripture and it says, God has saved us. This is why he manifested his son to the body of Christ. God to save us and he called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. How powerful is the scripture? He called us for his purpose. He called us with grace. And 1 John 3, 8 says, for this purpose... The Son of God was manifested. Well, what does manifested mean? It means he showed himself. He became a reality. For this purpose, the Son of God manifested. He became a reality in the earth that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
So this is what's going on in our society today, the works of the devil. And I want this to be a positive message. I want us to know that he will destroy the works of darkness. He will destroy those things. And we have to have that belief in us. And we have to have that strong desire to, to worship him. And this morning, as, I, as he said to me, break up the fallow ground, I said to the Lord, you know, every one of us probably has a little section in our life that's pretty strong and hard, and that's who we are, and that's what we want to be, and we want to, uh, to, to not bother us in that little space that we have. Then that's what's happening in Christianity today because God is looking for the whole land in our life. He doesn't want any more of those little parcel pieces of land dedicated to him or to our attitudes or to the things that our emotions that are wrong to those kinds of things. God is clearing out the body of Christ. He's clearing out his church. He's coming into holiness and righteousness like the church has never seen. There are churches that practice it on the outside for years, the holiness people. But God wants holiness on the inside because when holiness is on the inside, it will show on the outside. If you just have holiness on the outside, nobody knows what's in the heart, but God knows what's in the heart. So we need the holiness in our heart so that it will be revealed when we come against the works of darkness. So uh, while this message is a little bit about the works of darkness, the good thing is that God came sent his son to be manifested against the works of darkness. So if you're having difficulties today and problems and harassments of the enemy, that just means that God is on your case and he's trying to destroy the works of the, uh, darkness that is harassing you and offending you and keeping you from the power of his glory. So the truth is that while Jesus is sent to manifest himself against the works of darkness, it also is the exercise spiritual strength in the body of Christ. So God has put much into our hands. If God sent his son, the son of the living God, to manifest himself in the earth, to show himself to us, what is he saying to us who his son lives in? His son, the manifested son of God, lives in us. And I think that we get born again, we get the experience of that, we get filled with the Spirit, that's glorious, but then we start to live life. And we get, a, we get a distance away from the purpose that God manifested his Son. He manifested his Son so that we would manifest to the world who he is. And so I'm, 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 I'm giving this message today carefully because I recognize that God is speaking to the church. He, he, it's like he has his rod out. And he's touching the church in this moment in time because wickedness is overcoming the body of Christ. And here we see in the scripture that it says that he came to, he manifested, he showed himself, he became apparent to the body, to the world because he wanted to destroy the works of darkness. The works of darkness is still there and he's working on it on a daily basis. So the God is speaking to us today to what do we do to manifest his life in us? And what work do we give to the kingdom of God? What labor do we do? I believe that God wants to, to gather up an army 
that will march throughout the earth and will manifest who he is. And, and that means we have to be forgive when they don't forgive. We have to smile when we don't feel like it. It means we can't argue with it because if it's going to de- defame Christ, we can't do that. We just have to stand and be silent before God and let the works of God do the work in us. Because God is more powerful than the works of darkness, church. He came to destroy the works of darkness. So whatever the enemy is doing against you, God sent his son to manifest himself, to, to work against that manifestation of the darkness and bring the light of Christ into your life. But we should be such a beacon, and God is speaking to me, and I, I pray that you hear the message today, that we have to be a beacon of light. We have to be at first to God, to ourselves, and then we have to do it to our families. We have to be that beacon of light. And sometimes it's only in quietness that the presence of God can move because sometimes we're just adding two things when we should just wait before the Lord and let him be the one that stands between us and the works of darkness. So that's what it's about today. And I want to say that the the day is ripe unto harvest. It's ripe unto harvest. You know, when it was ripe unto harvest, God burned up Sodom and Gomorrah. And today we are far more sinful, far more wicked, far more corrupted than the day of Sodom and Gomorrah. We have gone way past the day of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is dealing with Christianity and he's reminding us that we must manifest Christ in our life at every turn. That he might be glorified, that he might be revealed in the earth. That's why he came to be revealed and to manifest against the works of darkness. So do we believe that Jesus is coming? And do we believe that he could come before we get out of this service? I mean, what is our belief today? How strong is our belief that the manifestation of the Son of God could step out of the portals of heaven this very moment? We, if, we, if we believe that, we will live a, live a little different. You know, if we truly believe the Son of God is is manifesting himself in the earth and God is preparing to sound the trump of God, then we have to be ready. You know, there's days when I, after when I was getting this message, I thought there's been days that I wasn't ready. You know, and what are we thinking that we're not ready? Because he could come at any moment. And we should live unto ourselves that he is coming at any moment. And so I think that, I think our time, this time that we're living in, this generation, this moment, I believe that, that it's ripe unto harvest. It, 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 the, the things that God has said would come upon the earth have come upon the earth. Not, not evidently enough, but when they do come, he's coming. And we have seen the signs, and we need to know the signs. The signs are in Scripture, and the Scripture reveals the signs to us. There's be rumors of wars and more wars and earthquakes and famines in the land and all kinds of things on the earth, on the, on the elements of the earth. And he's also working in the hearts of mankind today. And those who won't return to Christ or those who won't go to Christ go to the works of darkness. They go there to, to go against the things that God has prepared for his people. And while this might seem like a down message, it is full of hope because one day he's going to destroy the total works of darkness. He's going to set at liberty all the souls that believe in him. And he's going to fulfill his promise of eternal life to his people. So in Romans 13:12, the Bible says that the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the um, armor of light. 
let us just ask ourselves, do we have that armor of light? Do You know, um, we have to have the presence of God in us that will either draw men to us or that will cause the devil to respond to works of darkness and, and, and we have an opportunity to testify to them. And I tell you, the hour is upon us where the night is far spent and the day is at hand and God is calling for laborers to get ready. What is a labor? Well, it can be people that work for God and yes, we need workers, but it's also someone that has the presence of the Lord in them, rests in them and, and whenever anything evil comes toward them, it, re, it regurgitates, it pulls away, it doesn't want it. And I tell you something, the church of God needs to go back to serving God and not the elements of this world. The church has become the world. The world, the church people, the, the leadership that you see on TV, they have a positive message of the gospel. They dress like the world. They do everything. Everything is coming into the church, and the church should be going into the world. And so that's what the message is about, is because God sent his son and manifested him in the world that we might show forth the power of who he is in the earth. So the hour is upon us to, I, I feel that the hour is upon the church of Christ to move out of the shadows and to begin to portray who they are in Christ. If somebody takes the name of the Lord in vain, we need to say, hey, don't talk about my Lord like that. They need to know we don't like that. Instead, we kind of inside, we say, Lord, forgive him or something. You know, we have some response to it, but they need to know outwardly. That, that, that displeases us, that, that hurts our heart because God is more powerful than the works of darkness. And the only reason they use it is because it is more powerful. And so they want to say something as strong and powerful as they can, and they take the name of the Lord in vain. So today I'm asking the church to inquire of the Lord that what can I do to be a service to the kingdom? What can I do to labor in the kingdom? What can I do to be spiritual in the kingdom? There are spiritual gifts in this house. They need to be manifested because the Son of God who is manifested to be here is in you. And there needs to be exhortations. And they need to, those that are gifted to do that, they need to step forward. And let me tell you something, church. Anybody who's born again and has the Spirit of God in them, you can't come to salvation unless the Spirit of God draws you. So everyone here has the Spirit of God. If you're born again, you have a type, a part, a um, essence of the Spirit of God in you. And maybe you don't speak in tongues or maybe you don't prophesy. Maybe you don't do anything like that, but you might have wisdom. You might discern what is good and bad. And you might have an exhortation. You might just have something in your spirit that you need to say that causes the hearts of man to understand and to hear it. And we need order but we also need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to prevail. And we need to manifest what is in us that is holy and righteous and true. The Son of God is manifested in the earth to destroy the works of darkness, the scripture says. The darkness is developing rapidly in our world. And I, 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 I don't always like to talk negative or talk about the evil things, but sometimes I wonder if we understand what is evil because, you know, we make excuses for our pet things. We have, I don't know if you do, but we have pet things, you know, where they're not maybe sins, but they're pet things, and this is what we do, and we're going to not let nobody else detour us from that. You know, we need to be more open and more present to the presence of the Lord in our life and 
to not to have be so solid in what we believe that 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 we just have to stand our ground and say, well, that's who I am. How many have ever said that in your life? You've gone through something. and You say, well, that's just who I am. Well, if that doesn't please God, then that's who I am is not godly. You know, we want to please God. And I, I, I know I'm speaking to the church today, and I know I'm speaking to people that love God with all their heart. But we have got to, we have to up, up, upgrade our game. Thank you, Jesus. We have to upgrade our game, especially if you're working in the world, and especially when you, if you're not working in the world, you do go buy groceries. So make the grocery place your mission station. Find somebody there to talk to for a moment and impart the light of Christ. The Son of God is manifested in the earth, and he lives in us. So we must have that power and anointing to, to, to push against the works of darkness because the works of darkness is in the earth to, 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 you know, to come against the child of God. And that is our opportunity to exercise spiritual strength and to keep them at bay and say, get behind me, devil. You know, so he came to dispel the powers of darkness. There may be various studies on the manifestation of God. I'm just simple. And I believe that the manifestation of God was the appearance of a savior. Someone came to take away our sin. And it was like Dr. Gorant said today, the enemy likes to bring those things back. You know, and that's our opportunity to thank God for what he has done in our life. Because he has taken so much time with each one of us to to manifest himself in us. So not only did he appear in the earth to drive away the darkness, but when you were born again, he appeared in you to drive away the darkness and to manifest who he is in this world. So the devil may feel that he's winning today. Because he's corrupted everything that's pure and holy in our world. But he is only going to lose because Calvary defended him. And so the victory is yet ahead, church. The victory is yet ahead. We are victorious day by day, but the greatest victory of all is ahead of us. And the, and the devil will never win because God is more powerful. And sometimes when you get bowed down with heartache and, and disappointment and the cares of this life and harassment and financial and all those things that the enemy has that he can harass us with. Just sit down and say, thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your mercy. Because when you begin to worship the Lord, he can't stand it. He can stand there for a few minutes, but the more you worship and the more intense your worship gets, the more uh, nervous he gets. And finally, it's like he got behind you because he couldn't stand the worship of God that's in you. And church, I know that at large there's multitudes of people that just worship God in their heart. There's no outward explanation of it. But today God needs us to speak out for what we believe and to stand in his grace and his mercy. Give mercy, give grace, give forgiveness. Do the things that are righteous and holy and true, not the outward things like I did when I was messing with that lady. That was so wrong, and yet God knew what she needed. And so sometimes we have to be corrected while he is using what we do. But nonetheless, church, 
God wants to be manifested in the earth. He wants to be manifested in us. He wants to be manifested in what we believe. He wants his word to be manifested in us. This is a a great day for us if we only understand our destination that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I feel pressed today to remind the people of God what is darkness. Because you know what's happening today? People are sinning. And they have a reason for it. Do you ever have an outburst and and you do something that you shouldn't do? And then you tell yourself, well, it was right because they did such and such. Anybody ever do that? Well, I need us to be mindful, you know, of what the works of darkness is. We cannot do the sins of the world and say we love God. We're living in a generation, a time where people say, well, I love God, and then they live in sin. And that, I love God, they gamble. Bad. Uh, anything that, that is um, repetitive and becomes a habitual is not plus God. And it's not that you go out, we go out, and we sin, some big bad sin, murder somebody or something. It's that we have those little foxes. That go around and try to spoil the vines, try to spoil the things of God that live in us. And we need to ask ourselves, Lord, what is the fox after today? You know, what is he after today in my life? When you start your day, what is he after today that he can bite and chew on and cause me to go uh, to sin? And so I want to encourage the church today, encourage myself today, that we, we sometimes we live in a bubble spiritually. We study the word, we go to church, we have Christian friends, we're just kind of like in a little Christian bubble, and we don't really get out of it. But you know what? We need to get out of it, church, and especially we need to get out of it with our families. We need to start being more robust about the light of Christ that lives in us. We need to take our children, you know, and and shut off some of all the ungodly, um, you know, what do you call those things for kids? Shut, shut some of that stuff off and turn them on to the Lord. I found out that my Roxana has a, a phone that works, but it's not a phone phone that they call on. And I said, well, bring it over and let's, and let's fill it with all of these Christian little cartoons and things because they have tremendous great things for children and Bible stories and things. And let's fill it with that. Evaristo, he watches those. He gets his mama's phone and he watches those little programs of Christian stuff. You know, there's too much worldly stuff going into our children when they're young. That's the problem that we have with them when they're older. So we need to infiltrate. Our, now it's me. It's great grandchildren for me. But you know, you always have children, some type of children in your life. You might have a neighborhood kid that irritates the tar out of you. You know, but find that kid and start putting something into him that's spiritual. You know, put in the knowledge of God. There's so many young people that don't even have the knowledge of God in them. But God is looking. He's here to destroy the works of darkness. We're his hands in this world. Did you ever think of that when he said, I came to destroy the works of darkness? That's what he wants us to do, to help him destroy the works of darkness. And then we need to start with our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. You know, we need to be in their lives. We need to know what they're watching and what they're doing and filtrate them with the word of God. So I'm pressed to remind us, myself and the church, that we can't just be always in a spiritual bubble. We have to get outside that bubble and see what's going on in the world. And we need to speak to sin 
But church, I know that that's the hardest thing to do. We can't say we love God and go against his word. If we, if we love God, we will not go against his word. So if we go against his word, then we are not positioned for eternal life. And we know that we have loved ones in that, in that present condition. And I do. And I, I don't know, but I, I would assume that some others do. But any time I get a phone call for $10, they get a sermon before they get the $10. You know, but they know that when they call me, I'm going to say, Honey, you know that God loves you, but you're not living right. You know, you've got to get this corrected. And then, of course, sometimes it riles them, but most of the time they say, I know, Grandma. I said, Well, that's even worse, because if you know, you're more responsible than you, you, you think that you are. So... We have a tendency, as Christians, we love God, we go to church, we pay our tithes, we do the right things. We have a tendency to think then that we're okay. But our job is to win the lost. Our job is to be mindful that Christ lives in us, that we might work against the things of darkness that's in our world. So if we have a tendency to... Not look to the left or right. We won't see the darkness that is coming upon us. Woe be to the churches that don't see the darkness that the enemy is waging against the body of Christ. It's, it's underlined. There's, there's laws right now that they're trying to put in motion that will come against the church. They want to take away the taxes. Well, take it away because God's our provider. You know what I say? But they're doing things that are coming against the churches. And uh, I know that a lot of people are not Trump's supporters, but at least he sent a letter. First of all, they sent a letter to us and said we could not talk about politics in the church. We had, and they were telling us what we could speak, preach and what we couldn't preach. Then when he came in, he released that law so that we, we're, we're, we're able to say whatever we want to say in the church. And that's the way the world is today. They, they can say whatever they want on TV. They can, they can say anything that they want, whatever, whatever way, whatever words they want. But we're not, we're not allowed to say the, the, the things of God. And we're going to take persecution, church. Be ready for it. If you stand your ground for Christianity, there will be persecution. But it's not, nobody's going to slice your head off for it yet, like in the nations of the world. But we have got to take a stand for Christ. And when we have loved ones, and we know loved ones want to believe in God, but they want to live ungodly, we have to tell them. We have to alert them. They have to have the knowledge of that so that God can convict them. If nobody stands their ground, there'll be no conviction. Does the church understand what I'm saying today? So I think because sometimes we have a good life in Christ, and we, we do all the things that we need to do, to show the Lord we love him and to worship him and to come. And, and we re- repent when we do things that are wrong. So we live in, in, in a spiritual way. But we've got to look to the left and the right and see where we need to place our spirituality that will help others come to Christ. And at least will convict them, bring conviction upon them. If you're having a lot of difficulties and trials and, and tribulations with people, for instance, when, you, when I worked in the workplace... You know, I could tell who didn't like Christ because they didn't like me. And then, then I just begin to be soft to them and kind to them and go out of my way to them, you know, to be able to just, I didn't, couldn't say much, 
but I wanted to live a life that they would see something was different in me. And we need to revive that. I don't know, some of you saints, some of you saints have been Christians for years, but we need to revive some of that stuff that was taught when we were children. We need to revive who we are in Christ and what Christ expects of us, and we need to stand our ground for holiness and righteousness. Holiness is not how we dress. Holiness is the depth of love in our heart for God. So, let us not be lulled into a peaceful place because we're full of the Holy Spirit and we've got eternal life in front of us. Let us think about what those who don't have eternal life in front of them, what is happening with them and how can we help them? And how can we take a little persecution and a little bit of fussing just to show forth the light of Christ? Because that's why Christ came to manifest himself. He lives in us. That's our job, to manifest Christ. So, you know, what happens is we get into a little gray area. It's just kind of a really light. We can hardly tell it a gray area. Next thing we know, it's really gray. And then pretty soon it's black, and then we deny it, and we make an excuse for it, and then we're not the purity Christian that God is looking for. And I believe that well, that is because the church hasn't preached against sin like it should. You know, we're all in the flesh, church. We all make mistakes. We all have a sin moment. You know, if you, if you think something wrong, you don't say it, you don't act it, you don't do it, but you think it. Those things, God lives in us and he knows what we think and what we see and what we hear. And, and I believe that this is a day that the church of the living God needs to rise up and manifest the power of his presence, not only in the earth, but in us. And so this is why the message is today. But there's darkness in the lives of Christians and we don't really recognize it till we sit down in this season. This is a season that, that we take time to look at our lives and to discipline ourselves and to see what's in our life that's habitual and we need to change it because we would need to be habitual for God instead of the things of this world. So in the Lenten season, we're reminded that there's an evil plan of Satan to destroy the works of Christ and Christ is going to destroy them. In this, this is a great moment that God is revealing himself. You know, the church should be full of the power and the anointing of God. And I believe I've, I've, as a child, I've experienced that in the churches. And I believe that God wants us to be that way. I, I try to bring the word of God at every moment in this house because I believe the word of God is pure. And I believe the word of God goes into our spirit. And I believe that there's anointing in the word of God. And I can never say that I had anointed message unless the spirit of God was there. The word of God was there. And that's why I believe in the Word of God, because the Word of God is what is anointed. You know, when you hear anointed service, it's not the deliverer. It's the Word of God that they deliver. And we need more of the Word of God. This is God's greatest moment. He's manifesting himself in so many ways that the church is kind of blind to at large because they got carried away in bigness and beauty and screens and all of the works of the world now, some things, you know, the Lord said he gives the wisdom of the world to us to help us. But, you know, we don't need to dress like the world. We don't need to act like the world. We don't need to have the habits of the world. We need to have a pure and righteous spirit. And that's something that we have to strive for every day. So I want to say to the church today, you know, Jesus manifested himself. When he was on the earth, he didn't just go to the mountain and pray. 
he did that. But then he got out in the streets and he healed the sick and he cast out devils and he gave wisdom to those that needed it. And he saw the poor and he ministered to the poor. You know, get your money out when you see somebody needed money on the street. Give them a buck. It won't hurt you. Don't say, I don't know where they are. They, I, I say, I used to say, well, there's a sign for work right there. You know, but don't do that. Just, just be charitable. Give to them. For some reason, they might have less than you. Drop, drop some change in them. You know, let's be charitable. Let's be Christ-like. Let's manifest the works of darkness against the works of darkness because that's what Christ came to destroy. And that's our job. That's our job to work against the, the things of the devil. And why, church? The Son of God has manifested in us to, to come against the works of darkness. Now, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9 says who we are. I'm looking at a whole church load of treasure here. Can I get an amen? Do I have any treasure here? Okay. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, 9. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The manifestation of God. He sent his son to be manifested. His son lives in us. We are a treasure in earthen vessels. His manifestation should be in us. It should be powerful. They should either love us or hate us. It shouldn't be a standard thing. Well, I do or I don't. We should manifest the power in the presence of God. Help me, Jesus. It says the treasure is in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So, yes, we can do these things, but just remember that that work is not of us. It's a work that he's placed in us. We are troubled on every side. Anybody been troubled this week? I mean, you're troubled on every side. This is the word of God. It says we're troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We are troubled. We are we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. I mean, sometimes the devil harasses us until we do feel despair. And you lay down at night and you say, "God, where did this go? And what did that, what happened here? And oh, I just shouldn't have done that. And I wish I would have did that." You know, that's that's part of the perplexity and the and the despair. And then it says, "Persecuted, but not forsaken." You know, we don't really understand persecution like they do in the foreign countries. But we, we do get persecuted because we believe in Christ. And people persecute us with us not knowing it. They, they smile to our face. They talk nice to us. But inside, they're, they're persecuting us. They, they don't like us. They go like, you know, they think we're holy rollers or whatever. whatever. I don't listen to their inside, so I don't know. But... Um, Anyhow, we're per- persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. And people who love us cast us down sometimes. Just you know, they they just they don't bless us at all. Romans eight eighteen, and this is the part that I want to tell you to read this week. Romans 8, chapter eight. I think it would be a great blessing if you if you believe this message this morning, if you want the manifestation of God to be revealed in your life, you, you want to say, I love you, Jesus, out loud. People love the Lord and never tell him out loud. You know, how, how would you ever get along with a mate if once in a while you didn't tell him you loved him? Love you know, give it give it out loud. Yes. Amen. So Romans at chapter eight, I, I want to encourage you to read it in your devotions. 
And I'm going to read from the 18th verse. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I was all down in the mouth one day and somebody quoted that scripture to me and it made me so mad. Did you ever, did you ever feel that way? You know it's right and, and you see the revelation of it and your flesh just riles against it. But it says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time and they said to me, well, you know, I said, well, you don't know my sufferings. And they said, but God does, but God does. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's our goal, church, the glory of God to be revealed and manifested in us. Verse 22 says, We know that the whole earth groaneth and travaileth in pain together unto now. And verse 23 says, And not only the world is groaning for what they don't have or what they can't have, but those that have the first fruits of the Spirit, that's us. We have the fruit of the Spirit living in us. And even we groan within ourselves to see the wickedness and the corruption that is in our society. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God maketh intercession for us when we don't know how to pray. And church, when you're bombarded with the works of darkness... And you're just on every side, like the scripture says, you're just troubled on every side. I tell you what, start speaking in your spiritual language or start praying to God or start worshiping. Because when you start to open yourself to the presence of God, all of that will open you to the presence of God. And when you start opening yourself to the presence of God and the presence of God is manifest in you, the devil starts backing off. You know, you have to worship him and pray him and, and, and magnify the Lord to drive him away because he'll just latch onto you and give you something else. And if you get into that, he'll give you something else until you're down low. And that's his idea is to cast you down and to take out the power and the spirit and the anointing of God in our life. And we need this power. We need this anointing. We need this spirit of God more today than we've ever needed in our life because wickedness is not in the dark places. The wickedness has revealed the darkness in our world, and we're surrounded by the darkness until our children live the way they want, they do what they want, but, but the things that we put in them as, as a young person is, is over, overridden by the works of darkness. And we need to tell them this is the works of darkness, and it will bring desolation to you. That's sometimes why we have desolation, is because the works of darkness overwhelms us. But we have the light of Christ. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And we don't have to live in darkness. So get out of the shadows. Live in the light. And trust God. Now this final part of my message this morning is the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's when you're so troubled by the works of darkness that you can't you just can't even utter it and you just have to lay before the lord and and manifest his presence in your life to drive out the works of darkness so church we're on a journey we're walking uh, to calvary with jesus we're disciplining ourselves we're looking at wrongdoings in our life we want to be better than we are yesterday we want to be more powerful in god than we was Yesterday, we want to just grow in the power and the grace of God. Second Thessalonians 2 7, it says, as you read it, it says, For the mystery of iniquity 
doesn't already work. Do you, do you even think on that, church? The mystery, there's a mystery. The mystery of iniquity. The mystery of wrongdoing. The mystery, well, did you ever do something and say, why did I do that? You know, you, you just kind of did it, and then you thought, well, why did I do that? I just didn't slip my ties in today. You know, that, that's, that's, that's iniquity. That's not obeying God. You know, that's just, don't, I didn't mean to scare you to death. I just, I'm just saying that we do things that we shouldn't do, and we don't recognize we shouldn't do them. And we have to ask the Holy Spirit to keep the manifestation of the presence of God in our life that we will know when we do wrong. I know this isn't a wall burner today, but I want to read this scripture to you because I would not say it without it being scripture. Second Thessalonians 2, 7 through 10. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. That means evil is already working. God will send a strong delusion and the world will believe a lie. What lies are they believing today? And this, I'm, this is the darkness that we have to fight with the Lord, the manifestation of the Lord. And verse 12 says, they all will be damned who do not believe the truth. So when they say, I love God, and they think that they can get into eternal life with unrepented sin, they are damned. That's a strong, strong word. Nobody thinks about a sinner going to hell. I've stood at so many funerals, and I've probably been guilty of it myself. I, I don't know if they're saved. I don't know where they were when they died. And all I can do is say to them that there is an eternal life. You know, but church, not everybody that goes to church is going to heaven. Not everybody that pays their tithes is going to heaven. Not everybody that says they're a believer is going to heaven. Because there are sins in our world today that cause us to be damned. And God is faithful and just to forgive us if we call upon him. And then after we call upon him and he's faithful and just, to forgive us, then we need to live like it and act like it and pursue it. And it is a striving and a pressing. Striving and a pressing to magnify God and to be righteous before him. But thank God he has made a way for us to be righteous through him. So I want to tell you this, that the Bible speaks in Jude. And I'm sure that people are familiar with the book of Jude. But if you haven't read the book of Jude... You need to read the book of Jude because it's the book of Jude is exactly what's going on in our world today. And God calls us a sin. You know, it says from the beginning of the creation of God, he made them male and female. They profess to be wise, but they have changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image of. Made like unto a corruptible man. You know, so if you, if you ever come into this place with this, um, I, I can't say the letters, but the homosexual families. If you ever come into a group of them and you have a tendency, oh, you know, they're nice people. Well, nice people go to hell. And they're nice people. 
And then, and you treat them nice. And yes, you should treat them nice, but you should treat them like a Christian. You know, you, you, you should show forth the manifestation of Christ in your life, which is to say, I'd love you to come to church. I'd love you to know Jesus as your personal Savior. You don't say, don't, don't live the way you do. You just impart Christ to them. I'd love you to know Jesus because he would, he would make a great truth in your life. So from the beginning of time, it was male. And, so don't get caught up into that church. Don't get caught up into the cor- corruption of our day. I saw for the first time on TV on the news last night uh, a newscaster that, what was it? She, she, she was a she, but she was a man, right? She was a man and became a woman. See, we don't even know these things. You don't know who's sitting next to you. You don't know who's walking beside you in the marketplace. Church, we need to think about the darkness because the darkness is already here in the earth. And we have to have the manifestation of the light of Christ in us. You know, it's so important. They profess to be wise, but they have changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. And they, they they have dishonored their own bodies. It's hard to face the corruption that's in our world today. It's hard to stand up to it. But we have to have the light of Christ so manifested in us. We have to discipline ourselves to let the light of Christ go. So, but for the joy that was put before Jesus... But for the joy, he suffered and bled and died. Suffered terribly. And he wants us, he he has taken us away from the suffering that we might magnify God. Such joy is revealed as we work and labor for the Lord. You know, God will send people uh, to brush against us in all walks of life. And then we have that opportunity to either say God bless you or to invite them to church. We have an opportunity to say something about Christ. So the Son of God will be manifested in our life and the glory of God. I don't know if the church understands what the word of God is saying when it says they corrupt the glory of God. That's a dark moment. There is darkness surrounding the church today. There's darkness surrounding Christians. But the glorious light of Christ is more powerful than any works of darkness. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you today. We magnify you, Lord. Manifest yourself in us, O God. Help us. Help us to manifest the power of your presence, Lord. Give us a joyful face, Lord, as we, as we journey toward the crucifixion. We know that we have a crucified life in Christ. Lord, help us to discipline ourselves. Help us to monitor ourselves that we might manifest you, Father God, in Jesus' name.